All right, so welcome to JV Podcasts, episode number three. We are here again with Damon, and this time he's the one who wants to be the one rambling away with me asking questions and basically, you know, going from there. So, for context, we were talking about Machiavellianism. Communism, socialism, capitalism, basically all of the like big ideologies of the last hundred years. Yes. Ish. Well, um, Karl, Mar- Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto came out in like the late 1800s. Super late 1800s, like 1880, 90. Yeah. And it didn't really start seeing prevalence until early 1900s, mid 1900s. Yeah. No, like 20s, 30s, something well, like that. That's what I'm saying. It didn't, until like World War One was a thing, that's when it started seeing more prevalence in like China and... Uh, Russia. Ru- really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Russia. Uh, Under Stalin? Yeah, yeah, right. I forgot about that. I think I'm a history buff and I would know these things, right? Right. Go figure. Anyway, so... One more bit of context. There is something like a... You said you're how old? 21. 21. There's almost a 10-year age difference in... Wow. Yeah. You're making me feel old. Hey, you're making me feel old. Like, really old. Anyway, point is, um, Damon is a product of his generation. And having said that, I'm going to let him take over now. Yes. So... So, go ahead and repeat again... Take 69420 of what you said. <laughs> right? Um, we were comparing um, Machiavellianism to basically the Communist Manifesto. In a well, way. We were just talking more about, like I said, the major ideologies like that. Machiavellianism, socialism, capitalism, communism. Yes. You know, pretty much all the big isms of the last 120 years. Yes. And... I forgot what I was going to say. Has never been tried? Um, true communism has really never been tried because some dictator always takes over. Which goes back to what I was trying to say before, or in the previous take of... Um, uh, uh. So true communism, excuse me. True communism is basically... Um, what you're, what you're saying anyway, because I've read bits and pieces of the Communist Manifesto. Yes. Again, one of those works that's way too damn dry for me to even try and read it. Yeah, I can see why. But here's, here's the rub, and please, listeners, don't take this the wrong way. I'm, just, I'm a student of history, and it's all incredibly fascinating to me, no matter how dark or how light. So, I read Mein Kampf. Yes. Like, full disclosure, I've read it front to back twice. Wants for a history report. Yes. And then wants, like, four years later, or five years later, um, because I found it in a bookstore, of all places. Hmm. So I literally sat there for a day. I'm surprised they even carried it. That book is, well, it's history, dude. Of course they carry it. It's one of those things where your generation wants to keep shit like that from happening. Yep. Where books that could possibly offend people like Con- the Communist Manifesto, um, Mein Kampf, um, The Prince, um, you know, all these works that are by objectively bad people. Yes. It's a part of history. There's no denying that fact. 
Yes. There's no erasing, changing, or modifying. That shit happened. Yes, you can't change that. Yeah. In fact, just as a quick note, because I always point this out to people, even if it just comes up, like tangently, just because it's part of it. World War I and World War II. Hitler was a regular old basic-ass foot soldier in World War I. Yes. If he had not been such a dog shit painter or dog shit soldier, right? Yes. His involvement in World War II very likely would never would have happened. Likely the war would have never happened. No, it, it's not that. It's his involvement. Yes. Likely would have never have happened. The reason it ended up happening the way it did, the way that led to the creation of Mein Kampf and just, well, Nazis as we know them now. Yes. Is because Hitler was a basic-ass foot soldier in World War I for Germany. Yes. He was a terrible soldier. As a result, he goes to basically a German military prison. Yes. And during his confinement there, he writes this big, long, like, 600-page manifesto in really bad grammar. Yeah. About all of his beliefs and his life and just everything he thought was wrong with the world, which later ended up being called Mein Kampf, my struggle. Yes. And then he took all that experience that he gained in the military and saw what a shithole Germany was after World War I and went into government over it. Yes. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. We now have movies like Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Anyway, continue on. Um, we were saying about... Uh true communism never being tried because someone always takes over and that's not how communism is supposed to be everything is the same everyone is on an equal playing field so like i said or like i was saying it's um this is where i was going to pick up i just got sidetracked with my little spiel about mein Kampf. yes um and yeah real quick because i'm still thinking about it it's a very objectively speaking it, it it's just you're a piece of shit if you read it and follow to its concepts. Yes. But taken for what it is, a historical document within the context of its time, which is how you should read all books, by the way. Yes. All older books. You should read them as a context of their times. Yes. And what their author or authors may have been doing. So in this case, Hitler was just a racist piece of shit. Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft. I love his work to a fault. His work is the best shit I've ever read because it's the kind of horror stories that I like the problem with it the, the, pro, the problem with it is that he was incredibly racist yes and it shows in his writing he really didn't think kindly of anybody that wasn't white white basically yeah and it shows like Mark Twain's work for instance you gotta read it within the context of Yes, it was written in the eight, late 1800s. That's it's going to have some racist language. That's, that's what I'm saying is it's going to be really like xenophobic. It's, it's probably a, pro- a product, yes, of what the author or authors believe or the way they see the world. But at the same time, it's just a matter of, I would argue, knowing your audience. Um, an example of this, of a completely seemingly innocent example that Damon's generation probably loves is... Obama's books. Yes. I've never I, read them, honestly. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying in terms of looking at the context of things. Yes. At the time Obama wrote his second book, 
the one that actually matters, quote unquote, his, I hate to, I hate to make this comparison with the passion, but it, it, it works. But his Mein Kampf, called The Audacity for Hope. Yes. He wrote that right as he was beginning to run for president. Like he wrote it about, you know, his political beliefs and kind of like a small biography or autobiography and, you know. So looking at it in the context of, you know, like 2007, 2008 America. Yes. That book makes sense. Just like Mein Kampf, The Communist Manifesto, or Machiavelli, you got to look at them in their neat little box. Yes. But anyway, so back to our initial point here, because this may end up turning into just like general history and overall, it's kind of hard being on a podcast when you talk with your hands a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, I always have. It's just one of those things. It just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, probably why this happens. Just yeah. to keep my hands from But anyway, so basically what you're saying is communism, true communism. Has never been tried. I get it. We'll get to that in a second. I'm just repeating. Yes. So that it's actually in this one. So what you're saying is that true communism is basically like, uh, it's like GoFundMe or Kickstarter just on a... Massive scale. I was going to say, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, massive scale works. So, so how, I guess the next question should be, because you notice a lot of my episodes with you are very rarely ever, like, rehearsed in any way, shape, or form. They're just kind of, yeah, you know, off the cuff. Or at least the last one was. Um, so how, what country... What country do you think, in the real world, like here and now, um, has come the closest, I guess, to, I cringe to say this, I really do, but a communist utopia? Um, I would say early Russia. Like early Stalin era. Uh, are we talking like Rasputin's time? Yes. Why? You said who? I said like Rasputin's time and uh. Yeah, you know back, the show, the last... back in like World War II, Russia. So you're talking that show, uh, The Last Sars, like that time period? Never heard of it. Um, basically, it's about Rasputin and the. You know uh, the movie Anastasia? No. The Disney movie? Really? I, I've heard of it, I've never seen it. It's about her family. Real? She was a real person, by the way. Princess Anastasia, uh, that they made that Disney movie off of, or about? Yes. She was a real person. Real, real person. She got executed with, like, 26 gunshots to the face, but she was real. As real as you and me, the only thing is her body's just never been found. But they know for a fact she existed, and they know for a fact she was killed. When the communists took over, or no, it wasn't the communists, it was the, uh, the Bolsheviks took over Russia. Um, so yeah, that, that, that tracks, that's, that's roughly World War II right there. But why do you, why do you think, because this conversation could get pretty high level, why do you think, um, pre, we'll call it, we'll call it pre slash world, pre slash World War II Russia, uh, is that Russia, is that Russia including all the way past World War II up until 91, or is that just 
just like that gap of time right there from pre to like the end of world war yeah II. just pre to the end so basically pre to end of world war world war ii russia why why what what like give me a reasoning behind this is what i'm trying to say because with both china and north korea the uh the media is extremely censored and it wasn't russia it was in Russia, just not to the extent of which it is there. This is actually a subject I don't know much about. That's what I'm saying. I don't know much about it either. <laughs> oh, shit. So here we are. Um, so you, so what's, what's your, I guess, I guess a better question would be, what's your justification for saying, effectively speaking, World War II Russia was the closest? Because everybody kind of was on the same field, shy of the leader. That goes back to my initial point then of if everything's community driven, how does the one despot or king or dictator, president, chairman, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. You know, come to come to be like because the rules weren't as strict then. As they are even in Russia today. Well, Russia's not a communist state, as it were, anymore. It isn't? Not really. Not entirely. They're a little... By our standards, they're a little backwards right now, but they're not... And I, for the, for the record, I do have a couple of friends who are actually died in the world Russian, like... Yeah. Born, raised, and live here in the States. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be hearing from one of them when this episode goes live. <laughs> yeah, Probably. He's probably going to go on an anger rant. No, uh, maybe not. Um, the thing is, uh, the one Russian that I'm thinking of right now, uh, for privacy concerns, I won't use his real name. We'll just call him Grigory. Um, he's a war orphan. Yeah. Um, back in the 90s with the... Uh, oh, balls. What, what what thing was going on? There? It was in Ukraine. The There was a genocide... Or something um, or civil war, something going on then in like that region of Russia, like Ukraine and that area. I think, I think it was a civil war. I can't. What point is that conflict that was going on there? He's a product of that that conflict. Yes. Uh, from what I remember, and he told me this like ten years ago, but from what I remember, his um, his family, as far as I remember, like his actual biological family, that is. Uh, they were killed in that conflict. And he... Uh, he was telling me at one point... Again, I'm probably going to hear from him with this when it goes live. Because, you know, I don't want to sit here and accidentally quote, like, his family history wrong. But, either way, he was talking about how when he was a kid, before he came to the States, you know, before he was adopted by an American family, how he would be wandering around like the area in the Ukraine that he was in. Yes. And how the biggest fear that he had had was stepping on a landmine. Because yep. like that was a legitimate fear when if you were basically a hobo <laughs> where this conflict took place or you were a war orphan then the biggest concerns Obviously, food, shelter, all that fun stuff. But the next biggest concern was walking down the street, cha-la-la-la-la. Yeah. From stepping on a landmine. And, um, 
Yeah, I, I would love to actually get him on the show or at least get his thoughts on it uh, about that. But the thing is, now, how this all ties back into something we both do fairly know something about is current day. Yes. Damon's generation, because they are mostly left-leaning. Again, there are some outliers, and I know some of those outliers, and they're good people. But on just on the grand scale here in America, they are largely left-leaning. Look at any college campus in the last, really in the last four years at this point, almost. So three and a half years now? Yep. Like three and three quarters years, really. Actually, let's be a little bit more exact. Than that. Last, like three, three and three quarters years. Let's look at any college campus and look at what happens when you know a, a registered Republican or even somebody who supports our president comes to the campus comes to one of those college campuses and tries to speak their mind yeah like they're invited by the the, the campuses um, you know Republicans yes most of these or most most the organization itself I could be wrong. It's called the Young Republicans. Yes. Are they called the Young Republicans? But they're usually on... They're, they're on pretty much every college campus. Yeah. I know a couple. At my campus. My campus is mostly vets and stuff, but that doesn't change the fact that there's still... Thanks. You, yes? Yeah. There's still... Um, you know, Republicans and things. But anyway, so you'll have somebody like um, Ben Shapiro go to Berkeley. Now, the thing about Berkeley is it's the it's basically the birthplace of free speech in the U.S. Back in the '60s, Berkeley is where it all started. You know, the civil rights movement, all that other stuff. Yeah. Where it actually gained traction and like took off to what we know now. Berkeley is in uh, Alabama. California. Oh, California. University of California, actually. It's oh. one of the campuses in California. University of California. Yep. Dash Berkeley. It's that one. Then there's University of Cal... There's there's UCAL, like Sacramento and whatever else. Yeah. But Berkeley is the one where it all... Basically, it all started. And Ben Shapiro went there... Tried to go there a couple times. But every single time, he has been banned. Why? Because he's a Republican. Your generation doesn't want anything to do with him, despite the fact he's only, like, three years older than I am. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want him there because it goes back to what we were saying about, you know, the Communist Manifesto and all these other terrible, quote-unquote, books. Yes. Because they make you think. They challenge that worldview, and they don't want that worldview challenged because it's... If you're not with us, it's like, uh, yeah, it's actually like, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars three said, or maybe an Anakin, one of the two. Yeah. One of the two. I'd have to watch the movie. That was my point. But basically said, if you're not with us, it was Anakin. That's right. I remember why now. Cause it was this whole thing with Padme and Luke and A- Luke and Leia. Um, but if you're not with us, you're against you're us, you're against us. It's an absolute. You are or you're not. And in this case, Ben Shapiro, Miley Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, you know, like all of the prominent, like, 
I guess, young-ish. Relevant, I guess, is the word to use nowadays. Yeah. Um, Republicans, are they fall into the you-are-not category. So for every Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you'll have a Republican or a right-leaning individual like that who is banned from these campuses. But people like AOC are allowed and welcomed and, like, showered in affection because their views fit. Yeah. Gone are the days, as far as I know. I could be wrong. Yeah. But gone are the days where you can have somebody like Ben Shapiro, who's rather tame, really, show up. And give a talk. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm an outlier, though. I like hearing other sides of... That's why I'm saying you and I get along, because... Yeah, I like hearing the other side. I like thinking. We're diametrically opposed, that's the thing. You and I. Yes. In our views. Yeah, there's, like, probably six, ten, maybe twenty things we do agree with. Yeah. Like, you know, we do have that middle ground. But on the whole, we're not right here. We're, like... Yeah. That. And it's because... I The ideal world, by the way... Well, the ideal setup would be that both sides can find that one middle ground. So, like, for instance, we can both agree, like, left and right, not you and me, but just left and right. Yes. Can agree that, like, um, it's kind of screwed up when I can't even think of anything. Huh. <laughs> that's how, that's how messed up I think the world is when I can't find <laughs> you can have that middle ground when I'm just like, damn. But the the two sides ideally would be able to come find that middle ground. Um, like we we both sides, I'm sure, I hope, agree. Despite the random vocal minorities, we'll get to in a minute. That 9/11 was a very very tragic incident. Yes, both sides. I, I remember reading, like, articles, like, now, recently, like, going back and reading articles and stuff from both sides of the aisle, as it were, that basically pointed out that never before had that person seen a time, and this person who wrote this article, or these series of articles, yes, had, literally had been living in this country for, like, 50 years. Like, they were born here and everything. So they were already pretty old, I guess, when 9-11 happened. And they had said they had never seen a time in their whole life where the entire country is in one place. Yeah. And that's not just, like, local groups, but this is the whole damnation just... Because on 9-11 and the preceding rest of September, hell, probably through the rest of that year, um, basically all squabbles were erased in favor of And nowadays, now you have, this is why I said I hope, but nowadays you have people like Linda Sarsour, and, uh, not Linda Sarsour, sorry, she's one of them, yes, but she's not the one I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, uh, she's part of, um, you had your friend, yeah, unlock your friend for me, I'll Google it real quick, but you have the, uh, you have the squad, as they're called now. 
and there one of them is from Somalia. I actually needed a browser. Oh, this is a browser. Perfect. God, your phone is tiny. Yeah. Compared to that. Yeah, it is pretty tiny. So, you have the squad. Rashida Tlaib is the one I was thinking of. Um, who is all for... Basically... Orange men bad. Terrorists good. Right. Meaning she has no problem with organizations like Al-Qaeda, ISIS, whoever. Um... Because, effectively speaking, she thinks that they're just fighting for their homelands and that we should let more of them in. No. No. Because what most Democrats, young Democrats anyway, let me be a little bit more precise in my wording, most Democrats don't realize or don't understand is that they instigated the attack. Not ISIS, but... Al-Qaeda. Yeah. They instigated the attack. Osama bin Laden instigated the attacks. Yes. Was he CIA trained? Yes. Was he basically backed by the CIA with the attacks? That's a conspiracy theory. And yeah. completely irrelevant. But was he trained by the CIA? Yes. Irrefutably. That's documented proof. He was trained by the CIA to fight against the Russians in Desert Storm. Back when it was, we're fighting for our homeland, he was trained by the CIA along with, like, something like 50 others. Maybe 100 others. Yeah. Uh, The same way that we're still now trying to, like, train, I guess, like, the Baghdadi armies, or Iraqi armies, army, and stuff like that, um, to fight against and push out the Russians. Which, it, which did happen, but at the same time, it left the groundwork for what would become Al-Qaeda and ISIS and all this other stuff. That, and also most left-leaning sources, have no problem with ISIS because when that ISIS leader was killed like three weeks ago, yeah. the New York Times, a prominent, prominent left-leaning publication... At first, at first, this is the part that really, really made my brain fly off into orbit. Just forcibly, just boof. Yeah. They first said that blah, 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 ISIS leader committed suicide, realizing that American forces were literally like in in the same room as him. Well, he did. What it was was an American service dog. Like one of the you know canine units, yeah, went into where he was. He realized it was American troops, and boop, boop. silence! I kill you. Boop. <laughs> yeah, the dog made it out alive. The dog's a national hero now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, like Trump gave him the gave it the medal and everything. It's a national hero. Shit, you not. Hmm. It's real nice. I think it's like a German um, German Shepherd. Yeah, I think it's a Shepherd actually. You can Google it and find pictures of him. Um, beautiful dog. Anyway, he's a national hero now. Because him going into the complex where this leader was that ultimately committed suicide, that's why. Yeah. 
the way people are saying it is that the dog is the one who killed him. Indirectly. Kind of. It, it works, obviously, because if the dog hadn't started going nuts when he realized where the dude was, then, yeah. He very likely would have killed a bunch of American troops. In yeah. progress. But, no, like I said, the dog, dog made it out a okay, okay. Healthy as the day it went into the building. But anyway, point is that New York Times broke the news about it. And then within two or three days, maybe a week, they changed. This is, this is real skeevy shit here, by the way. They reissued that publication like a day or a week later. Basically venerating this ISIS leader. Yeah. Oh, this religious, religious cleric. Oh, he was this decent person. You know, committed suicide when American troops showed up on his doorstep. No, 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 no. The dude was a... F- Almost one beep. Yep. <laughs> the dude was a terrorist. Yeah. And a pedophile at that. So he's bad on two fronts, not just one. He was objectively bad. Yeah. And he went... And people, left-leaning people, rather, have just been losing their absolute toppings, as Cody likes to say. Yeah. About this. Just losing their absolute shit. Just... Collectively. Because... They think terrorism's okay. They, they think that ISIS is okay. But it's not. That's the thing. And, you know, it's just... It's sickening. Yeah, it is. Because... Even as a moderately left-leaning person, it's sickening. Well, that's why I said you and I get along, because... You know, there is that middle ground here. Like, we both agree terrorism is a shitty thing. In any shape or form. Is America guilty of terrorism on a couple fronts? Yeah. Yeah. We've perpetrated our own fair share of it. Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, even though um, I believe what's-his-name was a Republican. But that whole war was basically us committing a bunch of acts of terrorism and then being rightfully smacked in the face over it. Yeah, it sucks. Like, there was an insurmountable number, number of American soldiers killed. But looking back on it, Again, context. We basically swept, swooped in and committed a bunch of acts of terrorism on the Vietnamese and got put in our place for it. Yeah. It's effectively one of the few wars that we have lost. Yeah. Actually, I think it's the only war we've lost. I think so, too. You could argue the Civil War, but again, that just falls in a matter of... <laughs> at that point, that just falls in a matter of opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Being born in Massachusetts, I'm inclined to say that we won the war. Yeah, same. Born in Pennsylvania. Okay, right. I f- see, that's another one I, I forgot. Is that we're both geographically, like... North. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like geographically, like here. Yeah. So saying, in our opinion, we won the Civil War. It works just because you know, we're both Northerners by birth. I should say. By residence or not. Sort of. But by birth. Yeah. Um, 
but anyway, uh, you know, you have all these, like I was saying before, we got kind of sidetracked by that. Um, basically, all these Democratic office holders want to instigate or want to want to implement Sharia law. Which, if you go and read the Quran, like I have probably a grand total of like three times now. Yeah. You saw my copy of it, didn't you? Did I, I did not. To you? Oh. I have like an actual legit like Quran that you'll see in like mosques. Oh. It's a gorgeous book, but I don't ever let anybody touch it. Makes sense. Because, yeah, I may not agree with Islam like at all. I could still appreciate a nice piece of work and the book is gorgeous do I think it's blasphemy and largely heresy yeah but as a piece of art it's it's a gorgeous book anyway um they want to implement Sharia law which is just that's not gonna work yeah it doesn't really work at all even Sharia law doesn't work. It's... I would argue that it's functional, I guess. In, like, Saudi Arabia? Yeah, it's functional, but not optimistic. Optimal. Optimal, yes, that's the word. Um, it's... I say that because it's... I say that because, you know... You can be, for instance, an American woman and go traveling around Saudi Arabia with... Relatively no issues. Yeah. Relatively. I'm not an American woman. I can't really speak on that matter. But as an American, I can safely say that if you were to travel to Saudi Arabia, just as an American, really, you won't run into, shouldn't run into many issues. Just as long as, you know, keep your head down and just act like a normal tourist. Yeah. Don't go starting any fucking problems. There I go. We'll have to figure out how to bleep that one out. Yeah. Um... But as long as 17th time <laughs> First time for this 35 minutes now Yeah But Still um, I try and keep them to a minimum At least If I Slope them out So I'll have to Figure out where Where exactly that is On the listing there I'm Just beep Yeah 34 20 something I know but I'm saying When in the recording Did I actually say Like what's the actual timestamp? Yeah Bleep it out Um but anyway, um, there's no, there shouldn't be any issues. Now, if you were to go to some place like Iran, yeah, stay the hell out. I would advise staying the hell out. But going to like Jordan or Syria, well, Syria, no, you'll, you'll just die. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Syria, Yemen, uh, all yeah. those places. But if you go to like Egypt or something too, or to Saudi Arabia. Dubai even. Dubai is not Arab or Muslim. Not largely Muslim. Oh. Dubai is in India, bro. Um, I think it's in Dubai. Maybe in the Emirates. I don't uh, remember. It's in the Emirates. Oh, is it? United Arab. Oh, uh, okay. Then, yeah. Places like Dubai or, you know, Saudi Arabia. Anywhere in the Emirates, really. Uh, the UAE. You'll be... UAE. UAE. Whatever. United Arab... Arabic Emirates, whatever. The point is that, like, that region right there, the civilized part of the Middle East? Yeah. I'll say it bluntly like it is. The civilized part of the Middle East? 
Yeah. Except for Iran, you'll be okay. Barely okay. Provided you don't start no shit. So life is what you make of it there. But Sharia law in that region is functional. It's worked apparently for the last 50 years that America has been over there. Yes. You know, just kind of visiting or being a part of that area. Um, What do they call it? Sharia has worked or it's working, but it's not functional. Like it's not, or sorry, it's not optimal. And, um, just, I don't even know where I was going with this now. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Sharia here just, it won't work. Are our laws perfect? No. Are they functional? Very. Are they draconian in parts? Yeah. Probably. Um, is there a lot of bad shit that happens? Yeah. That, let me, let me rephrase, a lot of bad shit that goes largely unpunished? Yeah. But you won't be beheaded for spitting on the sidewalk. Or, sorry, let me, let me back that up and make that a bit more realistic. You won't be, you won't be jailed for spitting on the sidewalk. That's a thing in China. Yeah. You hawk a loogie on the sidewalk, bang, your ass goes to jail for like a year. Yeah, Singapore with chewing gum too. Okay, I forgot about this. See, that's again, obscure draconian laws that I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, it's it's not that bad here. Yeah, if I'm chewing on a piece of gum right now, I decide to just flick it into the street here in front of Damon's house. I'm not going to have a cop roll up on me, beat me to half to death, Rodney King style, and drag me off to a cell. No. At worst, the cop's going to drive by and kind of just frown at me and then go on his way. It's like, oh, that guy's kind of an asshole. But nothing is ever going to come of it. I mean, yeah, theoretically, the cop could stop, beat the shit out of me, Rodney King me and all that shit. Yeah. yeah but the that's... absolute most you get is a ticket. Really? Yeah. Here? If you're doing yeah. that? Yeah, I think it's like $100 for littering. Oh, is that the... Really? Yeah. I, didn't, I legitimately did not know that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've thrown my fair share of piece of gum like that just kind of into the gutter. I never knew that. Huh. It it's makes e- It's either 100 or 300. I don't remember. That's still insane, but it makes sense. I didn't I didn't know that that it was you know like that. Yeah. Point is that you know, it's like like spitting on the sidewalk in China. You're not going to get beat half to death during a hard labor camp for a year and a half. And then eventually end up just dying in that camp. Yeah. No, you're, again, the cops probably just going to be like, hey, don't do that again. If you do, you're going to get a ticket. Anyway, I don't know where the hell we were going with this whole thing anyway when we started almost 45 minutes ago. But it was kind of a ramble. So enjoy. And we have to, I'm going to have to go back and bleep out a bit here and there. Because when I come over here and we do these episodes, they're largely off the cuff and just kind of... Yeah. Till next time.